Welcome back to the Turn on the Music podcast. This is episode 20. Yes, it is 20. I uh, checked before we started. We are at episode 20. We have an interview episode today and a returning guest, Mr. Nick, is here with us. And as always is CJ. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Kyle? I'm, oh, I didn't do it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Nick, how are you, sir? I'm doing awesome. I think you got to specify which Nick. You've had many esteemed Nicks on the show. That's true. So. We've had two esteemed Nicks. So this is Mr. Nick Cruzman. The unesteemed. Not, uh, the unesteemed <laughs> Nick. <laughs> the unesteemed Nick. <laughs> the one we actually wanted to come back. Oh, oh shucks. Wow. Oh. oh wow. No, that's a good one. I'm going to so. make sure we... Uh, <laughs> that's going to be... We'll, we'll see if the other one's listening. Yeah, right. He, he comes back with something. <laughs> So, Nick, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing recently? Anything new going on? I'm doing good, man. It's it's been tough. Um, you know, recent move, uh, just two hours, you know, west of where I was previously. But starting a new job next week, and um, just trying to get the house cleaned up. Stressed out. Um, you know, change change is hard. Yeah. So yeah. trying to trying to stay positive, um, but. And enjoy a little bit of the summer, right? I hope that uh, yeah. everybody out there is making the most they can of, uh, well, as we and record, leaving, kind of in the dog days here, right? Yeah. And leaving me to fend for myself, you know. Ah, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I, I hope <laughs> I hope things are panning out there. I loved, you know, the team and everybody, but, you know, yep. sometimes you, you got you to gotta embrace the uncomfortable if you want to grow Absolutely a little bit. Absolutely, you do. So. Yep. That's what happens when you don't wear yep, pants, Kyle. True. <laughs> well, I was looking for a job where I didn't have to wear pants oh, every day. Right, too, right. So. <laughs> CJ, how are you, sir? Doing all right. It's uh, it's uh, it's been too hot lately, and and we've had the past two days like a hundred people in the building uh, because they're they're in person se- sessions, and of course, thankfully, it wasn't as bad as last time. But I'm running around the building, and the hallways are not air conditioned as well as they should be, so. You know, it's like I worked out for two days, and I don't work out, but it's like I worked out for two yeah. days. <laughs> so outside of that, it hasn't been that bad. It's it's been it's been good. That's good. You know, I'm uh, back to school's coming, so it'll it'll ramp up probably at the beginning of September. You know, just a bunch of gotcha, tactics. Gotcha. Yeah, but otherwise it's good. Yeah. Cool, cool. So. Anything new that you guys are listening to? Let's start with Nick. Nick, you, what do you guys listen to uh, as you're doing your moving and cleaning and all that good stuff? Well, so I actually, I just finished like a five-day uh, road trip kind of throughout middle America. Uh, went to St. Louis, then Kansas City, up to Omaha, and then back to, to Indy. And um, so I had a lot of time to listen to all sorts of things, catch up on, on the podcast, obviously. Nice. Um, but along my journey, really fell in love with this band. Uh, Spanish Love Songs is the name of the group. Um, probably not something that you that you guys would be super into, but I recommend checking them out. Um, sort of like a Minzingers or Joyce Manor, sort of like a punk rock-y, um, very lyrically driven, sort of like wistful... Wistful middle-aged folks that are like, man, I used to be really hardcore, and now my bones hurt when I wake up, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> is, is this some? Is this a group that's streaming? Like, Kyle, could you bring it up? I just brought them up. Yeah, let me share my audio, and I will play a little bit of any particular song you like. Oh yeah, the one my my favorite, the one that I've been like listening to nonstop on repeat, 
is um, it's called Optimism as a Radical Life, I think Radical Life Choice, off of their Brave Faces Everyone album. Uh, came, that came out in 2020. I don't know if it came out before the pandemic or in the midst of it, but the album itself is very, uh, very pandemic adjacent. Okay, let's take a listen. back in my chest again holding me down like a high school friend says the world's about to end you best start swimming you said anxiety is the theme of all our lives these days can't even have my coffee without exploiting someone or making another millionaire a billionaire what would it take to be happy His voice sounds a little bit like Kurt Cobain a little bit. There's a little Ooh. bit of, I mean, not real. I mean, there's a little bit of that grit kind of, but that grunge kind of sound. Yeah. So uh, again, maybe not everybody's jam, but what <laughs> I what I like about it um, is vocally. Yeah. I mean, from a traditional like you guys are the traditional like technical experts, right? I'm not I I'm not analyzing it on that level. I'm not paying attention to the chord progression. Like it just sounds good, but also mm-hmm. the intensity and intonation in his voice. Like I Yes. I can tell there's sincerity behind the words that he's saying. And in case mm-hmm. you missed some of the lyrics, he's talking about, you know, clear backpacks, extra fire exits, you know, being overwhelmed by these new security measures with mass shooters. Um, you know, I can't even drink my coffee without making some other millionaire a billionaire and exploiting somebody like just feeling overwhelmed, um, by a lot of sort of the negative things that I think we've had nothing else to do, but focus on these last couple years as we manage a pandemic malaise. And, uh, I don't know, a lot of the subject matter in the song really resonated with me and, mm-hmm. and I really dig it, even though it's not like cheery, happy summer vibes. <laughs> Well, that's okay. It doesn't have to but, always be happy. But I was listening still- to Molo this week, so, you know. Oh, really? How yeah, how again, bad has your, your life been this week? they got to put Mahler on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, well, before we get to me, let's, let's hit CJ. What about you? What are you listening well, to? Well, I was going to say, is there was there any other group that, that uh, came out to you, Nick, like during that those that, those five days, any other other group? Uh, you know, let me just give me just a second to take a gander at the old Spotify. You know what I've hearted lately. Um, I got stuck in traffic uh, around Indianapolis, so I started listening to a group called. Oh gosh, sorry, I should start to play it. Uh, a group called uh, If I Die First. I don't. I don't know a lot about it. It's just. It's. It's like metalcore stuff. It's. Uh, you know, it's just real. It's just real aggressive stuff. But yeah, stuck in traffic. What are you gonna do? You got to kind of let the rage out a little bit. Um, other than that, just revisiting a lot of uh, kind of older favorites, some old sort of indie punk rock, emo-y stuff, uh, Bear vs. Shark, a group from Michigan kind of in the mid-2000s, um, American Football, love all of their albums, uh, which span decades but kind of all have the same sort of instrumental relaxation, meditative vibes. Um and when I was in Nebraska, uh, sorry if I'm derailing the whole topic here. No, it's um, fine. 
Yeah, so when I was in Nebraska, uh, Nebraska is, uh, Omaha is where uh, Saddle Creek Records is headquartered, where they sprang from. Saddle Creek Road is in Omaha. Um, Happy Hollow Boulevard is is just off next to it, and um, those are streets that are popular subject matter, and uh, if you ever listen to like Cursive or you know, Bright Eyes, um, Connor Oberst you know, sort of founded that whole record label, and a lot of that sort of early 2000s emo stuff was spearheaded by Saddle Creek Records bands. So, um, sort of a weird uh, indie emo underground current there in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. I had no idea. But it kind of fits because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And what else are you going to do? <laughs> uh, if we have Nebraskan listeners, uh, I'm, I'm very sorry. I served I served a six-year sentence uh, living there in, in Omaha. And uh, the people are wonderful, and, and there's awesome stuff going on in the town. Um, but, man, that state just – it really overwhelmed me. <laughs> you wanted to go back at one point, I remember. I had a good job opportunity and was considering it heavily. Um, yeah, and just had to had to back out. It wasn't it didn't feel like the right move, but yeah. but there's good folks out there. Do love do love Omaha. That's cool. Nice. Very cool. All right, CJ, what are you listening to these days? I have been continuing listening to Dream Theater. I don't know why. Uh, oh. but I've been just kind of sticking with it. I I still so I've been listening specifically to their album Metropolis Part 2 from 1999 mm-hmm. because it's broken okay. down by scenes, the tracks. So it's like scene one, scene two. And it's I, I'm still trying to understand the story behind it because each track is telling the next step of the story. But it starts out basically where it sounds like they're putting somebody under into like some kind of dream state. And it's like an experiment. And then, like one of the, like as you get to the end of the the album, it's as they wake up, and then there's this horrific thing happens. Like you hear gunshots. Like it's all included in the music. So there's a hmm. full storyline to this whole entire album. So I'm, I've been listening to it out of wow. curiosity, and I'll repeat a track out of curiosity. Uh, so I've been kind of sticking on that. Outside of that, not much else. It's funny. I was <laughs> we were talking about. Uh, a, a friend of mine had COVID and we were just talking and talking about how like her husband didn't get it. And we were wondering, there's apparently a study and this is not COVID information that I'm putting out there. I'm just sharing <laughs> a study. This th- podcast is, is a source of reliable <laughs> medical information. <laughs> so there was a study apparently done, which I didn't know about that. Uh, they were trying to figure out like what blood types kind of it affected more. And apparently it doesn't affect people with type O or people with type O don't get it as easily. So I know that I'm type O. I think I might be type O at negative, which reminded me of a heavy metal group back from the nineties called type O negative. And it was very yes. like, it was very vampire esque related because the album has that, but it was just, I remember that album. Like I just out of nowhere, I'm like, Oh, typo negative. Oh, that album. I could picture the cover, the way it was laid. And I used to listen to it all the time back in high school. Um, we can't play the music on here. Cause you'd have to basically <laughs> E rate, <laughs> you put it, put an explicit rating on this because of the connotation of yeah. that song and the song. And Peter Steele, like the, the, you know, their front man was like, I don't know, six something, super tall dude with like long black hair, yeah. like looked like 
just massive vampire guy. Right, right. And uh, they, I think they were from New York, somewhere in New yeah, York. Yeah, I'm not sure. Long but Island, Maybe Long Island? It's possible. Uh, but it's just, it, 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 we were just, because we were talking, it's just, we were talking about blood type, and that's what popped into my head. <laughs> vampires and and songs about vampires but outside of that not much else i've kind of stuck with hard rock metallica like metallica came up in a conversation we were talking about i'm not going to even mention names because i don't want to create a spark but there's an organ uh, you know an organization or a group of people amongst the states that are kind of going state to state and stuff and they talk about liberty and someone's like liberty and justice for all i'm like that's a great song you know like we're just like <laughs> just every, everything's been a song lately i've been trying to like deter the conversations into songs and uh as i mentioned before there'll be random times at work where if someone says a line that comes from a song i'll just sing the song out loud or well continue it's, it's like whose line is it anyway right. <laughs> yeah well i'll just continue <laughs> the lyrics or i'll ask the question like if if they say the line the next line will be a question, you know, just to just to mess with them. So, how about well, in the like the Gen Zers, man? Metallica is you know with the latest season of Stranger Things, like a whole new generation is experiencing yes. Metallica for the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's very interesting how uh, how things go in cycles. So, Kyle, so what are you listening to besides Mahler, or was that all you were doing to yourself? Uh, so Mahler six on Monday and uh, the Rachmaninoff third piano concerto again. Um, I found some old recordings of Vladimir Horowitz playing it from like the seventies. So just listening to him play like back in his prime was really interesting and how just, just his interpretation of of the Rock three and how clean he made some of those passages was just I want to quit, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but. He's he was he was incredible and yeah I, I Vladimir Horowitz is just an amazing pianist and so I've been doing that and I've, I've actually never listened to the Rock Two and I want to that was kind of my lead into getting to the Rock Two and some of Rachmaninoff's symphonies which I really haven't listened to that much so that's what I've been focusing on lately so a classical kick or yeah a classical are they kick. classical yeah. Um. So, so this is where we we go down that rabbit hole of. So technically, it's the Romantic era. Right. Um, uh, Mahler, I guess, is a little bit. Is, he, is Mahler? He's maybe maybe twentieth century ish. Mm -hmm. He's kind of borderline, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's classical music from the Romantic era. Right. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, we were Nick. We were talking about how um, where where the line is for classical music because it's when do you stop calling it classical music you know where is the because it's just like anything with the music where it just as it changes are you still within that genre of music or have you created a new genre or did you blend into another new, new genre and with classical music it starts so far back based <laughs> upon theory and then as you move in through the the centuries like there's different variations of it there's impressionism there's yeah it's like there's subgenres sub, yeah, right. of classical right. music but there was an actual period of time called the classical era right mm. so it's it's you know where is the classical era divided from classical music and that sort of discussion and and then there's the whole discussion that we brought up a couple of weeks ago is like is there really a genre of music or is it just music Oh man, that's some that's some deep stuff. Right. right. Uh yeah, I mean I, I assume as uh classical music enthusiasts you, you don't often get the opportunity to say like, 
ah, oh, my favorite composer just dropped a new album. This stuff's fire. Right. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, I, I imagine there are still contemporary pieces being composed yep, in those styles. Mm-hmm. With other genres, like I was really into ska, uh, I still am, but I'm in my 30s now, so I've got to be like subtle about it. Um, <laughs> you know, they we kind of break the decades up into like waves, like the right. first wave ska, you know, kind of in the 60s and, and the 70s. And then you know, like second wave was in like the late 80s. Um, into the 90s, then like third wave, you know, with the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Real Big Fish, kind of into the 2000s, late 90s. And each of them sort of is a reaction to the context of like everything going on around them. Right, right, right. And and, and to those that are writing and composing nowadays, you know, they could be called neoclassical. They could be, and it's just, that's the thing. It's that whole, cause there is a genre of neoclassical that comes in in the 20th century. I believe it is. Um, if my date, my time period is wrong, you, people can correct me. It's absolutely fine. I'm okay with that. But I, you know, but that's how your breakdown is. And then we talked about how your composers of cinematic movies now are not just composing music they're composing full-on symphonies to these movies that are quite epic i mean the one that was in my head uh, last week because of something that happened pirates of the caribbean (laughs) so i know okay so may not be everybody's favorite movie it may be but the thing is is that composition played you can listen to it and never watch that movie and still enjoy that composition if you really wanted to because of how grandiose it is in a sense of composition. You know, Batman Begins, he didn't compose it to have a theme song. Uh, uh, the composer off my head, James Newton Howard, right? He didn't compose it to have a... Th- Hans Zimmer. Uh, no, I thought it was... Oh, uh, really? For really? Batman? I thought... No, not... Yeah, it's Hans Zimmer. Is it? We sure? Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play it right uh, now. man. <laughs> are we talking about the right one? Uh, maybe not. That may be why. The first Christopher Nolan right. Batman movie. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm talking about the wrong one. You're thinking of, yeah, I'm thinking of the Christopher Nolan one. The reason why is because oh, okay. in, that, in that, there's no theme to Batman. Like, if you actually watch the movies and listen to the song, there's no theme that suggests that Batman's coming. Whereas if we listen to the previous Batmans, there was a theme that went to it and you knew that he was there or he was coming or he was about to come along. Whereas James Newton Howard builds this like symphony of music that just builds up as the movie builds up to its apex point to the fight scene, whatever you want to call it. And then boom, there it is. It's like, okay, but there's no real theme to bat. So it's like, that was the whole conversation is where do we say like, they're movie composers, but they're all composers. And is that considered a classical form of music? You know, are they fight? You know, so it's very, but that's where the whole genre comes down. Like there's music. And then are we just talking about subcategories? Because we talk about, talk about Victor Wood. What did you bring up about Victor Wood? Pop, pop which music. Time? <laughs> but which time? That's oh, true. Yeah. So Victor Wood has said, yeah, <laughs> we talk about him a lot when he was giving an interview and he said that when he was younger the the pop radio stations were not like our pop radio stations they were playing 
what was popular at the time. Mm-hmm. It could have been Frank Sinatra. It could have been a big band. It could have been a classical piece. It, w- it could be Michael Jackson. It could be it was James Brown. Whatever was popular at that moment right. was what was playing on the pop stations. And now our pop stations are they're at a point where you can you can sit there and say you know in order to have a successful pop music you know song you need to have this chord progression with this tempo marking and it'll be catchy and it will sell. That's where it's gotten to in pop music these days, um, which is very different than the way it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, pop has solidified itself as a genre rather than exactly. just a category yep. of like, oh, here's what's yep. here's what's happening. Yep. Right. So, yeah. So it's just. So one of the things that we've um, we've started doing is doing like news type things. Oh, yeah. Um, and. I, you, 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 Nick brought me a piece of news. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, last week. That I thought maybe you could debut, oh, no. being one of your favorite artists of all time, oh, coming out with a new album. Oh no! Wait. Oh, uh, with oh gosh. Let me see. I hope we're talking about Carly Rae Jepsen and not sure talking okay, yes. about <laughs> Jacob Collier. <laughs> <sighs> yes, we are talking about that Carly so Rae Jepsen. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carly Rae's got a new album out. Uh, I think it's out. Uh, no, so, it's coming out October. That's 21st. right. Yeah, she so announced it. In, she's in touring right now, and I, her fans, I, I'm like a, I'm a sideline guy. Like I love Carly Rae, but and I think in my last episode I portrayed myself as like a diehard Jep head. Um, but like when when the real fans come out, like I can't I can't hold a candle to them. They know so much more than I do. I just I just enjoy what she does. Um, but one of the big criticisms on all of the myriad number of Carly Rae Jepsen forums uh, is that um, her album releases are all often poorly timed. Like she's touring right now, supporting this album months before it's even come out, and mm. it just kind of seems backward like hey you, yeah. you, you drop it you get a couple singles going then you start the tour when people are still grooving to it they buy the tickets and they go and see you four or five months later so mm-hmm. but i don't know that's up to their you know, managers and label and do you think they do that on purpose though because if you think about it if you hype up the music prior to it launching wouldn't your sales go up because you've heard it already so there's a familiarity to the to the music, and you're like, I need this because this is what I know. I, that's a great point. I'm just curious. Modern day though, I it, like it's tough. Our album sales, our album sales, an important metric anymore. When so, was the last time so you streaming, bought so streaming. an album? Okay, yeah, so yeah. Streaming, streaming numbers and stuff. Streaming numbers because yeah. if you think about it, like we were talking, Victor Wooten has his album coming out August 23rd of. August of this month because it's August. So August twenty third. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you, 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 we are psyched for it, right? We're, we're, and he, he's talking it up a little bit. I don't. I, I Kyle probably has more about it than I do, but I mean, in in the sense of someone listening, I mean, it's pretty interesting how they thought about that because she's out there, she's touring, she's putting the music out there, people are hearing the music. So as soon as it comes out, they're gonna be like, I want to listen to his music again. I need to stream it. I need to let it play over and over and over again because that's what's important to me right now. When was her last album? Uh, it's been a little while. I don't know, probably two, three, two, three years. You know, maybe she's using the. Um, two, three years isn't that big. You know, that long. 
I thought maybe it was longer than that and you know it was hey Carly's coming with stuff that's new don't you want to see this and then hype up the tour instead of hyping up the sale I don't know I, I dedicated actually came out in 2019 so this is okay. so then she had some b-sides a year later but then we had a whole pandemic right. so has it been right. 10 years has it been one year <laughs> I don't know yeah who um, knows? yeah so she has a new okay. single out called Beach House I haven't listened to it yet um, now I gotta start listening to her, but it's probably awesome. I don't listen to her as much as you guys do, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's she's the understated queen of pop, modern modern pop. I'm sure. I don't know how many angry tweets that you guys get, but uh, let's. I mean, hey, any interaction is good. Let's become the heel <laughs> of the niche music well, podcast. Someone's gonna knock someone off at some point. I mean. You have Michael Jackson as the king of pop, and he'll reign that. But someone at some point's got to match it, and that's nothing against him as an artist. It's just at some point, someone's going to match it. Like it's just going to happen. You know, will he lose the title, King of Pop? No. I mean, unfortunately, he's he's passed, so that title will be with him. But someone at some point, and but to your point, there's no really how many album sales are happening. So how are you gauging? that yeah you know because you can't say oh the this album sold blah 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 now it's it's streaming you know like it's been uh, you know youtube view videos oh in 24 hours you know the marvel uh, you know trailer had a million views you know like that type of thing like that's it's it's a very interesting time frame especially coming out of the pandemic now Mm -hmm. yeah Media marketing, the whole process for like promotion of a product, it, it's that is a wild, it is it's a wild and ever changing world. It is. So, um, uh, text me Kyle and said this was the topic. What is the topic? What, what unless you have something you want else you want to add? Um, let's get right to the topic. I'll, I'll add this later on. So, what's the topic? Um, <laughs> yeah, topic. So, <laughs> I've forgotten. Um, so the, the nice thing was when Nick was here last, he came up with his own topic, and I decided to let him come up with his own topic. So we are talking about what, summer playlists? Yeah, I mean, you guys, I mean, basically, you scrape bottom of the barrel every so often, and I come on to just, you know, we just kind of, sh- we, we just, you know, we just chit-chat <laughs> for a little while and um, fill the dead space. So... <laughs> kind of tying everything together. Uh, CJ, you were talking about Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, one of your favorite bands that I helped introduce you to, uh, Coheed just mm-hmm. came out with a new album uh, a month or so ago, and I would say like you know in the in the prog metal prog rock genres like Coheed's kind of that next. There's definitely some similarities there with like Dream oh absolutely Theater. Um, yeah. So I remember when I listened to him, one of the things that I said was, "It sounds like a teenage dream theater." Yeah, and they always got you like know. a lot of Rush comparisons as well. That's cool. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's fine. It's not. It doesn't. It's not. I haven't gotten super familiar with the album. I don't. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's middle of the road. It's fine. I'll listen to it a few more times. But the interesting thing about CJ, you talking about Dream Theater as like your summer, your summer list. It just happens to be. Um, but yes. Well, so Co- for yeah. a number of years, Coheed was always my like, okay, summer's here. I got to go mow the grass. It's time to dig out that old Coheed album 
Or one summer I like worked in a warehouse and like counted boxes or something. I don't know. It seems like a made up job, but they paid me. So uh, I was able to like bring my little Samsung uh, Juke phone. It was like the little switchblade phone that was like also an MP3 player. And they were like, dude, look, we don't care what you do as long as you're counting those boxes. It was like awesome. And I had like one Coheed album on there. And that was it. So I just listened to the same like 14 songs over and over. Which was fine because those things move as far as like tone and and like pacing. Like it's it's a concept album, so you got your your kind of your slow ballads. You got the power stuff. It's a it's like watching a movie. It's like a soundtrack that um, tells a story through both the music and through the lyrics. And uh, so for years and years, Coheed was was always a big like summer staple. But I didn't know if either of you had any go to albums for summertime or and this can be like a part of a greater series um that just i i probably talked about it on my last uh appearance but music is one of those things that sort of imprints on your like it's it's intrinsically tied to your experiences that you're having while you're listening to things absolutely um nothing exists without context and and the context around you you provide the context to how you interact with or relate to a song. And sometimes just the right song with the right lyrics hits you at the right time or the right, you know, tone, mood, whatever. Breakup songs, right? That's a whole, like, category. I'm sure there's a million breakup song playlists on Spotify because people love having... uh, There's a connectedness, right? Um, Someone's talking about something that you can relate to and even though you aren't actually interacting with them... Um, there's like this parasocial relationship you you develop with an artist who sounds like they're going through the same things you're going through. Um, the the song I mentioned earlier, you know that that Spanish love songs, um, you know just the the he's like saying things that I'm like, oh man, I I thought those things just couldn't just didn't have the vocabulary to say it. So um, seasons are one of those things where like, oh man, it's you know, we're hitting those summer days. Time to bust out these albums or these songs. Um, or like, oh, when I was 16, Kyle, listening to some of those 90s jams, little Blessed that's Union right. of Souls, Hey Leonardo, yep. Yep. Steal My Sunshine. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh, – so, yeah, I was going to throw that out to you guys. If, is there any, like, okay, these are the anthems of summertime. And, and by the time this releases, I realize we're cruising real close to like the Halloween time frame. No, no actually, this is actually going to go out on Tuesday. Yeah, you're, so. we're, this is oh, perfect. Nice. We're, we're a week out. So yep. this is actually really, really cool because actually it, it leads us into the end of our season and then into the holiday season. Um, take it, Kyle. <laughs> I'll let you. <laughs> so th- this is a hard one for me because so much of my summer stuff is Tower of Power, Robert Randolph and the Family Band, Mingo Fish Trap, you know, all the all the <laughs> things groups that we've talked about already. Right, stuff you've already so, hit. So yeah, so it was like I needed to find something that was not what we've talked about. And I brought this the, the first one that I came up with was a song that, that um I remembered in the nineties. It was probably nine when did this come out? When did this stupid song come out? What's the name of the song? Um, you told it off. Nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven I remember driving with my boss in his brand new green Corvette convertible um, and blasting this. 
but every time I hear that, I remember the exact road that we were on. You know, I, I know exactly where where it was. The I remember the the trees. I remember everything about it. Um, and then going back to the the place where we worked and washing the car afterwards. So, um, yeah, it was just it, that, that was one of the songs that that I mean, Handsome Bop was was it just it sticks in my mind for that reason. Was this Camaro time, Kyle? Uh, this was no. So this I had. I was when I had my pickup truck. Oh. Cool truck, Kyle. Yes. Rolling truck around Long Island. Island. My Mazda B twenty three hundred. Yes. Oh, I remember. Uh, that. I I was a. I was a little bit younger when that dropped, but I do remember that those good, good Hanson boys got yep. a lot of. Um, they got a lot of airtime on Nickelodeon. It was big. It was big mm-hmm. with the kids because it's inoffensive. Just kind of. I don't yeah. know. Most of the lyrics are not even words. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it, and we played them doing this like twenty years later, like like their grown up selves singing this song, which is pretty <laughs> cool. A couple of weeks ago, so yeah. Uh, yeah, they, I remember just watching them on Nickelodeon, and they all had kind of this like it was an interesting style. And maybe I was just young and didn't know what the '90s styles were, but I remember my siblings, my siblings and I were like, "How many of them are girls? Is it a it's a boy and two girls? No, it's two <laughs> boys and a girl. You know, I don't really know." And then like come to find out, like, wait, they're all boys? Yep, and they were because they were young. Oh yeah, they uh, were really young, really young. Some yeah. of them, which is you know. Yeah. It was great to know that you were in a new car, convertible town, two guys listening to Mbop. That's <laughs> listening that's to three right. young three young boys <laughs> singing right. songs. Right. Uh, did, so was this like a precursor? This is sort of like the like the vanguard of boy bands, right? Like this is a little just before the no, NSYNC? because yeah. because well, no, Backstreet you had boys. New Kings, New Kids on the Block, like late eighties, right? That was earlier in the nineties. Yeah. That's like first wave, yeah, right, That's right, first right, wave right, boy right, band, yes, yes. And then you then you came out, then you had <laughs> the NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, and then you had this trio kind of come out, but gotcha. But you know, but they were. They were, they are, is more of a better word. They're musicians, you know. Like, like mm-hmm. that's that's a there's yeah. a key thing there. Like, you know, I'm not saying that in sync as individuals aren't talented individuals, but they were a generated pop group for for the purpose of mm-hmm. making money. They didn't have the same right. musical talent, or they, or you know, maybe now they do, um, but they didn't have the same musical talent that Hanson did, and they were younger. They were a younger group, and they sh- they had talent. They were instrumentalists. They were able to do this, this, and that. We're in sync. You know, there's a whole thing about, remember, like, Larry King, when he used to do all those interviews? There was a whole big thing where he was like, hey, um, all right, guys, sing sing us out and you know, in five-part harmony. And they all were like, uh, and they had a cut because they couldn't do it because <laughs> they're, they're, they weren't trained mm-hmm. in that way. Whereas, like, the Bee Gees, who apparently – did not read or write music very well, but play instruments and stuff. He was like, all right, guys, three-part harmony. And they were like, right away, three-part harmony, done. You know, and they were out. So, like, that's what makes that whole concept interesting is you had those boy bands that were popular, did well, and then you had Hanson come out, and you're like, oh, like, musicians, capable musicians at a very young age. And here they are 20 years later in Australia doing the same songs and getting the same response you know, from whatever generations listening to them. Yep. So, yep. but that's, that's very interesting. I don't know if I would have pinpointed that song as a <laughs> summer song. Well, you know, like, like Nick said, it's, it's just one of those songs that brings back a memory. Absolutely. You know? I, uh, I see what's funny is, 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 um, 
is like Metallica and all the heavy metal stuff is what brings back memories to me because I started listening more during high school because, you know, stuff was going down and we were going through some stuff at home and and that's the music that kind of like I sat on and I listened to. But you would never know that prior to that, for most of my childhood, I listened to the Fifth Feast, like the Bubblegum Oldies. Like the wander and all this nice. that I would have it. I had a tape that I played over and over again. And I kept flipping in the cassette player, you know, the, the fact that it's lasted as long as it did, you know? So I equate fifties music and that style of music to the fun spring summertime, as well as the beach boys and not be, to be cliche about it, but there's, it was just, those were the songs that because I listened to that genre, I listened to their stuff and it was like, oh yeah, Beach Boys. Now I'm going to listen to the Beach Boys all day tomorrow. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> From Mbop to, to doo <laughs> Back to Beach Boys. Which, but they had uh, that, that, that feel though. They had a doo feel, yeah. which is what made. And I mean, as far as songs of summer, they're called the Beach yeah, Boys. Right. Come right. on. Like, right. It is. Yeah. I don't know if they were grown in a lab or not. Same as like Backstreet no, Boys. No, but no, no. They're, like, they're they're brothers. They're they're most of them are brothers. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Brian Wilson. I mean, he's just crazy talented and and knows yeah, too much. You know, and it's like that that Smile album that he put out. Uh, if you ever get a ch- chance to listen to it, like that's a culmination of like decades of stuff that he finally was able to put together. Has some has some reminiscence of songs that he did with the the group the beach boys but like is this massive like epic thing that he was like decades later was able to record so it's it's that's what i equate is that that type of music that's interesting though lately my brother's band oogie wawa comes up once in a while because it's such a fun type of music like that's what they wanted was that fun type of laid back summary music so i have a playlist and sometimes when the weather's right, you're just like, all right, I'm going to pop this on because it just it just sits right. I have. Uh, so it's interesting that you you brought up Beach Boys because one of the one of my like r- summer albums in rotation um, and I can set the stage for exactly where I was uh, when I listened to it is very Beach Boys inspired. Um, Weezer, uh, you know, sometimes when you hear Weezer, you roll your eyes. They just. Man, they, they just, every time you turn around, they've cranked out a new album. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. There's a lot to right. sift through there. Um, but I, I think everyone can find a Weezer song that they like. And, I mean, through all the genre hopping they've done and the decades they've been pre- – I mean, they've got, like, you know, kind of the DIY indie rock chops, then Origins with, like, Blue Album and then Pinkerton, and then you go on to kind of the commercial success with Green Album, and it just uh, – They've got tracks all along that I think kind of have some Beach Boy vibes, including Island in the Sun from Green Album. But they put out an album in 2016 called White Album. And it was supposed to be, I think, uh, kind of their homage to the Beach Boys. Uh, They've got a track on there, I think, called Girl, We Got a Good Thing, uh, if Kyle can pull it up. Uh, But if not, that's fine. Um, The I, the whole album I love and it kind of jumps all over the place, but it, there's an overarching kind of Beach Boys sure. tone. Yeah, and I I listened to it in the summer of 2016. I had just gotten back uh, from the Middle East and was sort of reacclimating to America and the summer and like just kind of decompressing a lot. And uh, this was filled with kind of those mellow vibes. I just remember driving around in my 
Chevy HHR, the uh, <laughs> the retro styled station wagon that everyone thought was a PT Cruiser. Right. Um, and I literally picked up a friend one time, and she like looked at me and said, "Why do you have this car?" <laughs> and I was like, "Look, it's I mean, it's good on gas. It's uh, fairly reliable. I can hold a lot of stuff in it. I mean, it was a practicality choice, but uh, I got teased a lot for that old HHR. Um, and I don't want it back. I know someone a PT Cruiser." Oh, nice. That's almost like, that's become cool. Like, it's ironic cool. It's like a yep. PBR or a mullet. It was, like. right. Yeah, un- unfortunately, the person that had that is not cool at all. <laughs> hey, listen, it was they called were... vanilla. <laughs> it wasn't even called vanilla. Uh, was, the color was called vanilla. It, is this uh, CJ, you yeah, were a PT Cruiser yeah, haver. Yeah. I looked like a freaking okay. guinea driving the car. Because all I needed was a <laughs> was a Tommy gun and a hat, and it was like, what, 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 what's he doing? It was it was it was bad. It was at the time it was worth the purchase, um, and then like I drove the car, and then after driving the car for so long, I'm like this 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 is not. And it's really funny because we're I'm a Top Gear fan, and they did an episode about mm-hmm. the car these cars, and uh, Jeremy Clarkson drove the PT Cruiser, and all he did was make fun of it, and he was like. I just want this thing to die. Why is it dying? Why is it? And I'm sitting here going, that's how I felt with this car. <laughs> and I own it. The only thing I would get related to that is the convertible because apparently it was the quietest convertible and it does look nice <laughs> as a convertible. Um, but it's, did you find this song, Kyle? I did. Girl, we got a good thing. combination of like beach boys and green day yes <laughs> but it, it works it's yeah, he's got a little distortion on the yeah. guitar yeah. And, but it's just it's light it doesn't go anywhere yeah. it doesn't yep. like distract you it's just mm-hmm. definitely has that california music. surfer-esque feel to it yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so i mean and and everything you're saying i think it's all by design the album cover is like them standing in front of a lifeguard shack on the beach it's black and white the first track on the album is called California Kids. Uh, the last one is called Endless Bummer, like Endless Summer. And it just, I mean, yeah, it's all, it's designed to be like summer vibes awesome. in a can. That's awesome. So that brings me to where do you place, and because we've all heard their songs, they're there in front of us, they're always used, Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, man. So I was going to bring up BNL since you mentioned Brian Wilson. Right. Um, I'm I'm a big like as far as what what season do they belong in or well no so uh, do I like them do I not like yeah, them? Well, well but to think about it like we we talk about how like you brought up Hanson because you were because that's what's familiar to you mm, I'm sure mm. if we 
brought up a bare naked bare naked lady song you could probably say okay i remember this especially if it was a popular yeah because they were right had like 10 years of being inescapable uh bare naked lady i'm a big bnl fan big uh big i love them uh actually they're coming to the dayton area i think uh later this summer or they already came and i missed them (laughs) tickets were real expensive but uh they when i was a kid like going to the skating rink i remember we'd have like skating night once a semester or whatever and i remember like a couple bare naked lady songs playing um the uh got one week you know and, and then it was like you know in middle school it was a, a point of pride if you could just like rattle off all the right. lyrics when he's doing the really fast kind of right. rapping part if i had a million dollars and then, like really oh, oh if gosh, i had a million dollars you know? There's a, I have a video of me performing it with my friends at like That's a high school great. talent show. Um, and we will link that in the show notes. Oh gosh, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to Kyle. Uh, yeah, they, they're a band that kind of grew with me. Because um, I actually have some really uh, tender memories with Bare Naked Ladies. Um, years later, I just graduated high school. I was still trying to figure stuff out. You know, I didn't really have like a career. I was not doing great in like community college and um, had just gone through like a breakup and, and was real bummed out. And I just remember they had come out with this was 2010. They had an album called All in Good Time. Um, and it's, I mean, there's nothing on it that super stands out. It's fine. But I also didn't have a ton of money. So I was going to the library a lot and just like getting CDs to listen to in my car. And one of them I got was Born on a Pirate Ship. Uh, which they came out with in 96, uh, which is just an awesome, awesome track. Uh, an awesome album full of great tracks. Um, some deep tracks, Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank. It's great. Got a lot of sort of like um, bluegrass or c- country. There's a violin in it, uh, so that kind of sounds like folksy. Um, uh, the Old Apartment is the one I think was a single from there, which is just a fun, like, everybody's lived in an old apartment and had memories tied to it and gone through, like, a breakup and how that's all tied together. And that's just a cool song that talks about it. But um, track five on there is called When I Fall, and he's just sort of talking about, uh, he sort of uses a metaphor of, like, a window washer and how a window washer is sort of like a, a painter, except his canvas is finished when it's completely clear, you know, when you can see through it. Um, and how this is sort of like from the perspective of a window washer that's like afraid of heights. Um, but in a time where I was kind of afraid and anxious, like I connected with those themes in the song and, um, you know, he was talking about things that were comforting to him. Like, I wish I could fly from this building. Um, you know, would you catch me if I, if I fell and, um, talks about like, I wish I was, uh, just all these things that bring him comfort, you know, something uh, with my family, with in, in the shopping mall, or with my grandfather who's dead, and it's just like, oh, just the the way. I don't know. There's an honestness and sincerity in in his vocal tone, and um, yeah, I super connected with that song at that time. It was a really comforting song, and uh, yeah, I still put it on every now and again when I'm feeling like wistful or nostalgic. Maybe not. A summer jam, I actually got into it kind of in the dead of winter when it was icy and barren outside. But uh, great tracks all the but same. Just, it's just bringing you to that that point and, and these memories, which is what you're you're talking about. So um, I have another one, another song to pick up. But Kyle, unless you have something to say, I don't want to jump over. No, go for it. All I'm going to say is All Star. <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say 
All-Star. Now, when was the first time you've heard that song? I remember the movie. I don't remember the first time I heard it. I remember the movie. I remember the the movie, too. Yep. That it was used in. Yep. But, like, it's popular because they use it again in a later movie, you know? You mm-hmm. know, so they first used it. The name of the movie was um, uh, now I just lost the tip. It's the Ben with Ben Stiller. Like it was a huge cast. Um, Mystery Men. Mystery Men, and that was when they used it. And then they used it again with Shrek. But like, yep. Smash Mouth is another group where you may not say, "Hey, li- I listened to them," but there were so many songs that were very. I would co- equate them to Summertime. I would totally do it. Because you, you know, you're driving in the car, you throw that on because they were lively enough to throw them on. They didn't really have many songs that were kind of, you know, they were more upbeat. And, but like All Star is one of the biggest, one of their biggest songs. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's just, it's, it's funny. It's just, it, that's that group that, that's what I, when I hear that song, I'm like, oh yeah, Mystery Men. That movie was awesome. <laughs> 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 I mean, I liked it. I thought it was good, you know. Oh, I mean, I yeah, yeah I was I was the prime age that it was like right, exactly when it came right. Out. Eddie Izzard was in it, like that was cool too. Yeah. By the way, um, I don't. Eddie Izzard has a new uh, stand up out on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's anywhere else. I forget what it's called. Uh, he now um, uses he, her she as his pronouns. Really? Yeah. So yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I read it, and not that I care. I mean, we we saw him at Radio City Musical, and he was brilliant. I mean, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, I didn't know. I like I because of the way he spoke. I didn't think his pronouns played a factor for him. I thought it was just more of that. But uh, you know, I, I think too. it's it's it you know it makes absolute sense, and you know it's awesome for him. And just mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Um, yep. I'm trying to think of other songs, but. Uh, because I, I would go more by the song than I would be able to the album back in that day. Back in the day, back right. in the summertime. Because, like I said, a lot of mine is 50s music. Or My mom was a huge Elvis fan, which made me become an Elvis fan. Ooh. I remember growing up and listening. But I was like five, four, six, around that time, four, five, six. She said I would listen to mm-hmm. him while I was homesick, but I would sing and dance like him while he was singing and dancing in the movies so it just became ingrained in me and i i'm a big fan of his music you know I, I like it and it just it's interesting where like even where he comes out of and where he kind of crosses genres and stuff like that which is why he got king of rock as his uh his mm-hmm. title all right so bands aerosmith Ooh. right yeah, you you are hitting ones that I did not even right? think of. Aerosmith, how could that was yep. the nineties? I mean, mm-hmm. they they took they were crazy. Like everybody loves this lane to them because you had Alicia Sirastone yeah. was in a music video, you know, because mm-hmm. and his, you know, oh, Armageddon I think was like a summer blockbuster, right? and then they did oh, yeah. you know, the soundtrack. <sighs> they had yep. the they had the main like they're another they're a huge group. So who else with them? Because they didn't really, you know, who would connect with, who would you connect Aerosmith with? There's not many because they're kind of like no. their own thing. They came out of New Hampshire, you know, like that type of thing. Huh. Yeah. You know, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't compare them to the Beatles. 
right? No. You wouldn't really compare him to Rolling Stones. Maybe you could, but I think that Rolling Stones is a little different. A little bit, maybe. But. Yeah. I th- I think they're like so from the the '90s period yes. Aerosmith. Uh, I'd kind of put them as like a hangover from like the hair metal era. Yes, I agree. Like, yeah, it's like the people that came of age in like the mid '80s. Like, all right, look, I can't listen to Motley Crue in the station wagon. I got my kids. <laughs> I'll pop on the new Aerosmith album. It's still got a little teeth to it, but right. like it's softer and gentler. I don't have to worry about them saying swears at school. Right. Um, yep. And I mean, I think they had. I, I'm sure they were active. I I don't know the timeline on Aerosmith, but I know they were. They're in the hair metal eras, uh, years. As oh, well. they've been. They're decades. They're at least seventies. They're at least. Yeah. Because he's he's well into his seventy uh, three was yeah. Because he's album. well into his seventies, I think. Well, in the nineties, didn't they do? Uh, did they do something with Anthrax, or am I just I maybe I'm mixing stuff? But like you had "Living on the Edge," that song. Hmm. And then you had so okay, so they had that. I remember the the big ones album. Yes, the big ones album that came out. That was yep. yep. Jaded was that a popular was, song. That was a good album. <laughs> they're like uh, mm-hmm. they're like Bon Jovi when you go upstate for vacation. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting out of the city, guys. Let's put on. Let's take out the Bon Jovi record. Let's put on some Aerosmith. Let's so, go up to Maine. So we were we were on the younger side in the eighties. But that music carried into the 90s, and there's a lot of songs from those yep. eight, that 80s period from the rock songs that, like, even in the 90s, you were kind of like, oh, this is, this is like, you know, don't stop believing. Don't stop. Yeah, so, like, like the, the, the Big Ones album, 94, mm. uh, yes. Love in an Elevator, Ragdoll, Dude yes. Looks Like a Lady, Janie's Got yep. a Gun, Crying, Amazing. I mean, maybe their best album ever. Right, crazy angel living on the edge. Isn't it? I mean, is big ones. Isn't that a greatest hits compilation? Is it? Yeah, I believe so. Maybe it is. I think that's why it's called Big Ones. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Which, <laughs> which you're explains right. why they're the biggest. But God. but to, it's like Pearl Jam putting out ten. <laughs> Shows you how but, big an Aerosmith fan I am. But still, I but mean, to your point though, that came out in ninety. Right, it came out in ninety four. Yep. And their most popular songs are on it. And now you're yep. like, oh, my God, I remember listening to all this stuff. Yeah. So even if it was the greatest hits, you're still you're still hooked onto this whole big thing. Yes. Yes. You know, um, oh, I'm trying to think of other ones that would have been obscure. I'm thinking of the movies, too, which triggered a lot mm-hmm. of what people listen to because a song was thrown into a movie because back in the 80s and 90s, there wasn't a lot of composition done for movies. I mean, right. the, the the big the big budget ones had those big compositions. Like you got the Jurassic Park, you have the mm-hmm. Rock that came out, and all that stuff. But like, a lot of the movies that we watched were driven by these pop artists or singer songwriters or rock right, songs. Like, like, like my heart goes on with Celine right. Dion, that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, look yeah, at like absolutely. like Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Come on, R.I.P. Like, right, right, R.I.P. But yeah. I mean, "Bad of the Hell 2 was like a mm-hmm. big album for me when I picked it up. Whenever that came out, but still in my teenage years, like I remember throwing that on and and listening to it in the well, in the car or just in general. My AWG CD player was it AWG? Was it that the company that Sony owned? But it was like their cheap brand. <laughs> I don't remember. It was Iowa. Oh no, it was A W A I or I A. I think it was. 
No, I'm curious. Oh, Iowa. Remember, yeah, I remember. Iowa, yep, yeah. Yep. It was Sony's yep. cheap brand. I remember buying their disc yep. player, which was like yep. two times the size of the, the, the phone. <laughs> and, <you're> just, yep. <laughs> and you were like, oh my God, it has the anti-skip button. I'm going to throw that on so I can you know, I can walk <laughs> with it. They called it a Walkman, even though it wasn't really a Walkman. <laughs> yep. It was a Discman. It was a Discman because you were able to yep. walk with it and would it skip? <laughs> yep. Yes, I'm totally dating myself with all that stuff. <laughs> yep. Well, it's, I mean, a majority of everything we've talked about, even though, I, I mean, we, I think myself, we were in different, I'm, I'm trying very delicately not to say that you guys are old, but. How, oh, well, no, no. How much, how much younger are you than us? Uh, are you, is there like a decade gap? No, no. not a decade. I'm 34. Oh, there's almost a decade gap. There's like okay. eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so I mean, for, for you, maybe. No. When you're a kid though. So like. <laughs> A decade right now means nothing, but like ten and twenty, wildly different worlds when you're ten years oh, old yeah. and twenty years old. Uh, oh, yeah. Kyle's talking about driving in the or riding in the Corvette with his boss, and I was like, I was like seven, jumping off the couch doing wrestling moves on my brother, and then Umbop comes on on like Nickelodeon, and it's awesome. Right. <laughs> but even that, like, with there being a little bit of generational difference, we're still all coming back to kind of the same like time period like we're all in that kind of late mid 90s category like smash mouth kind of was catching the coattail or like the very tail end of that zoot suit riot mm -hmm. kind of swing oh, that right. was crazy yes. in the early yes. 90s and then the yes. styling of the pt cruiser like you said yes. looking like a, a mobster yeah, driving big, around it like yeah, yeah. <laughs> big bad voodoo daddy was yeah. big in there yeah bad so, daddy. A, a super bowl a super bowl halftime right. show they did right but I think a lot of like the alt rock stuff in the late '90s sort of was was the hangover of that. Like, hey, remember two years ago when everyone loved swing music? That was weird. I I think what what's kind of odd to this whole thing too is that a lot of the songs that we've talked about in the groups are uh, the groups we talked about. They're what I wouldn't call them pop music. They were popular music at the time. But they're not pop. So I remember listening to albums and be like, I'm not going to listen to this again in 20 years. But 20 years later, I'm listening to Aerosmith. 20 years later, I'm listening to, to um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put on the, the top hits of, of, of Smash Health, which is, you know, all star. You know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 20 years later, we're not talking about the pop artists back then, except for like the Michael Jackson and the few that really stood out. We're talking about these these rock bands that had these epic like stadium ballads and then you have Hanson for some odd reason. No, I'm just joking. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's just <laughs> if you think about what we're talking about, we are we're almost in like one category music in a sense or there's a blend of that category music because you know, where do you place Bare Naked Ladies? Can, you I'm, can't... I mean, if I was going to box them in, I'd call them like adult contemporary which is like right, the most that's boring, what I'm saying. like... like right. Because it's a junk and, and drawer, exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting. Anything else besides Umbop, Kyle? <laughs> Before I get to what's next on my list, uh, we are at the hour mark, and it sounds like we've got a long way to go. So why don't we call it quits here? I will do uh, the closing here, and then we'll pick up with my next song uh, next week. So thank you for listening to Turn on the Music, the podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Follow us on Twitter at Turn on the Music and on Instagram at Turn on the Music Podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. And if you really want to help promote the show, 
head over to Apple Podcast or your podcast server of choice and give us a five-star rating. And remember, always share the music. Let's listen to a little Aerosmith from my blunder earlier in the episode. I kept the right ones out And let the wrong ones in Had an angel of mercy to see me through all my sins There were times in my life When I was going insane Trying to walk through 